morning, Waterfront. I hope everyone is well and on this beautiful and a lovely Lord's Day that God has blessed us to be a part of. We honor the Lord today and thank and praise him for the opportunity to present his word to our pastor, Pastor Zach. We're glad that he's getting some rest in Myrtle Beach, and certainly he works hard for our church, and he deserves some time off, and we hope and pray he's getting some rest away with his lovely wife, Autumn, and their, and their children. Uh, to the uh, New Jersey campus, uh, good morning. And I know TJ is over there holding down the fort uh, very, very well. Uh, let us pray together. Lord in heaven, we are thankful and grateful for this preaching and teaching moment. And we thank you, dear God, for allowing us to assemble this morning uh, within freedom of worship. And we come to worship you both in spirit as well as in truth. And we just pray, Lord God, that the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart will be acceptable in thy sight. In Jesus' name we pray. And the church said, amen. Go with me to Paul's letter to the church at Rome, Romans chapter 8. And we're going to lift up the first three verses. Romans Chapter 8, beginning with verse 1. Paul writes, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus hath made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, and that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his own son and the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin condemned sin in the flesh. This morning, we're going to talk about laws. Now, Less than a mile from here, 535 men and women, their occupation is to pass laws. Um, As a nation, it is important that we have laws. Laws are controlling principles. Uh, They uh, allow us not to have chaos, but to have order. So laws are extremely, extremely important. Now let's do a survey. How many of us while driving exceeded the speed limit? Okay. How many of us while driving received a ticket for exceeding the speed limit? (laughs) Thanks, Tim. How many of us while driving did not get caught exceeding speed limit? Okay. Tell you a story. I was um, on my way to church um, when I was pastoring in New Jersey. I, had just, I bought a new car, and so my church was on, from my home to the church, 95. So I said, well, you know, I'm a new car. You know, let, me, let me see what this puppy can do. So, I, you know, so in New Jersey, the speed limit is 25 for residential and 55 for highway. I knew you guys in Texas, you start at 100, I know, but 
but but Lisa in New Jersey is 25 and 50. So I, I get in my car, so I'm going 25, 35, 45, 55, 65, 75, 85. I'm getting close to 90. I said, oh, I better slow this car down before I get to my exit. And lo and behold, there's some flashing lights in back of me. The state trooper pulls me over. He says, sir, he says, uh, you in a hurry? I said, well, I'm a pastor and I'm on my way to church and I'm, 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 I'm running late. He said, a license registration and insurance card, please. I gave him a license registration insurance card. He went back to his car, stayed about 10 minutes. I said, oh, man. He comes back. He says, uh, sir, he says, uh, reverend, he says, uh, your job is to save souls. I said, that's true. He said, my job is to save lives. And he says, please slow down. He gave me a warning. I said, thank you very much, officer. And I went on my way. But the, but the point is, I, I exceeded the speed limit. I, I really committed uh, an unlawful act. And laws allow us, in a real sense, to keep things under control. Now, there, there's the law of gravity. What goes up must come down. I reminded of a story. There were two men drinking at a bar, and um, the bartender was feeding them drinks, of course, and they were talking to each other, and they were feeling kind of good. So one guy says, you know what? I feel so good, I think I can fly. They were on the rooftop drinking and looking over the horizon. So he gets up, he jumps over the roof, he starts to fly, he comes back and he sits down. The other guy says, man, that's, that's wonderful. He said, you know what? I think I can fly also. He gets up, he jumps off the roof, hits the ground. The bartender turns to the front guy and says, you know what, Superman? You're a mean guy when you get drunk. But what goes up normally will come down. Now, in, in agriculture, whatever you sow, you will also reap. That's the law of agriculture. If you sow beans, you're going to get beans. You sow corn, you're going to get corn. You don't sow corn and get grapes. So laws are extremely important. The Hebrew word, sakita, means something that is right, something that is just. Now, there are just laws and there are unjust laws. I'll give you an example. In the Old Testament, Daniel was told not to pray. The king had made a law, no prayers. Daniel heard about the king's edict. He went into his room, opened the windows toward Jerusalem, and prayed. They saw him praying. He was thrown into a den of lions. He refused to honor an unjust law. The three Hebrew boys, they were told to bow down to an idol. That was the king's edict. They knew not to worship any idols. They refused to do that. They were thrown into the fiery furnace. Bringing a little bit closer to our time frame, during Hitler's Germany, his reign, it was against the law to aid and abet a Jew. But if anybody aided and abetted a Jew, they were going against the law. So therefore, Dietrich Bonhoeffer, who was a Lutheran pastor, was, was killed, and French freedom fighters who were fighting against Hitler, they were killed. 
in our country for 250 years, there was a law to keep people in bondage. That was the law of the land. Then 100 years of Jim Crow laws. That was unjust. So Rosa Parks decided she wasn't going to obey an unjust law. And brothers and sisters of goodwill, both black and white and male and female, Protestant and Catholics, Jew and Gentile decided to break the law. Laws are important, but there are some laws that are just and other laws that are unjust. So this morning, we're going to discuss three laws found in this particular verse that I'm about to read again and to look at. Now, I'm not going to keep, let me tell you a secret. I'm not going to keep you too long. Okay, don't tell Pastor Zach, okay? It's a beautiful day out, okay? Lori, don't tell Pastor Zach, okay? <laughs> so the laws in Romans 8, 1, 2, and 3. First of all, we have the law of Moses. Exodus chapter 19, God descends from heaven, from glory. Moses ascends, and he meets Moses on Mount Sinai. He gives Moses the Ten Commandments, the law of Moses. The Ten Commandments are holy, are just, and are good. The problem is mankind is unholy, not just, and no good. So therefore, there was a problem because it was weak, because mankind could not keep them. And so the law was right, but it had no might. So therefore, if you as a person keeps nine of them and breaks one, you're guilty of the entire law because the law was there in a real sense to show us our imperfections. We get up in the morning, our hair is disheveled, you know, we take a shower, men, we have to shave. We do that by looking in the mirror and the mirror shows us our imperfections. The law of Moses was just that. It shows us how far we have drifted from the righteousness of God. And so therefore, it is our tutor. Uh, it is there for us to see that we all, in a real sense, live handicapped lives. Some people limp that way. Some people limp another way. But all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. So therefore, the law of Moses was put in place so that we can see what God's righteousness required. But because... The scripture says it was weakened because we could not keep it. It was good, but we were not able to keep it. So that's the law of Moses. Why can't we keep the law of Moses? Because of a second law, a second controlling principle called the law of sin and death. When our first parents, Adam and Eve, ate of the forbidden fruit, uh, they went from a state of innocence to a state of consciousness. They realized they were naked. They ran from God. The first mankind inclination is to run from God, just like Jonah ran from God. When you find out how bad you are, you run from God. And, and so the, the sin passed through human bloodstream. I was teaching a class a little while ago, and somebody said, well, Pastor, why 
in, in Genesis, people live to be like 900 years of age. And why now, you know, we die a lot sooner. Uh, and I said, because sin has infiltrated the human bloodstream from Genesis to, to now. Basically, that the, the wages of sin is death. We die because we are sinners. You know, it's just innately we have the law of sin and death in us. And sooner or later, if you live long enough, we're going to die. We're going to make our trek to the graveyard one, one time or the other. So I said, now, in the first century, for example, most people did not live beyond the age of 50. It was rare for anybody to live beyond the age of 50 during the time of Jesus. Now, centuries before that, people lived to be 900, 800, 700 years of age. Now, because of modern science, you know, in medicine, now we live to be older now. Life expands roughly now like 75 years of age. I mean, we have various things that aid us in living longer. You know, we're not dying from certain diseases because we have penicillin. You know, they found a, a, you know, a vaccine for COVID. You know, I mean, so man's ingenuity and God's wisdom, now we live longer. But the fact is, because of sin is in our veins, you can't help but sin. That's why you die. While one man's disobedience and sin being Moses... Sin passed on through the human life stream. And so you can't get around it. So it is a principle that we fight with because we are good most of the time. But every now and then, somebody gets on our nerves. And we may say something we should not have said, have done something we should not have done because we are struggling with this thing called life. Um, um, Jordan and Casey, um, um, Long, on, on Thursday nights, we're going through a book called The Pursuit of Happiness, because of the pursuit of holiness, because we're pursuing holiness. We haven't reached that state, but we are on the right road. We're trying to be Christian. We're trying to do right. Sometimes we may lose a battle, but we're not going to win. But we're not. We're going to win the war. But we have we have the law of sin and death. That is present. Now, Paul knew exactly about that because if you read the chapter before, chapter 7, verse 15, he says, the things I do, I understand not. The things I want to do, that I do not. But the things I hate, that's what I'm doing. This is Paul saying that. So the fact is, it's a struggle. It's a warfare. It's a conflict. And so we have the law of sin within us, the principle within us, the controlling principle within us that we fight against. It was Plato, the philosopher, said that the human personality is like a charioteer with two headstrong horses, both wanting to go in opposite directions. That's how it is in our lives. We want to do good. We try to do good. But because of that principle that's in us, we flunk, we fail, and we don't matriculate spiritually. Fact of life, when Paul understood that. So the law of Moses was right, but it had no might. The law of sin and death had might, power, but it wasn't right. So Paul was dealing with this factor of the law of sin and death. Now that's the bad news. Let, let, let me, as I move to my conclusion, 
Give me five more minutes, uh, uh, Austin. Okay. <laughs> Austin's a lawyer, so he, you know, he's, he, I can mess with him. He knows something about the law. Okay. So, so the third law that's, that's evident in this text is the, the law of life in Christ. So we that are believers, we that have been washed in the blood of the Lamb, we that are born again, we have the Spirit of God that's in us, that's giving us life, that's freeing us. The text says, for the law, what the law could not do, God did by sending his son to condemn sin in the flesh. So we are free. Jesus says, ye shall know the truth. And the truth shall set you free. So there's freedom in Christ because of the law of Christ that that we're living under and living in. And so when you look at the law of Moses and you look at the law of Christ, which is basically based on grace, unmerited favor, we have under the law of Moses... The law, the Ten Commandments, condemns the best of us. But grace redeems the worst of us. Under the law of Moses, the sheep die for the shepherd. Under the law of Christ, the good shepherd dies for the sheep. So the law of Christ frees us because Christ came in the likeness of sin. He was sinless, but he came in the likeness of sin and for sin, which is transgression of God's law, and condemned it in the flesh. He paid a debt on the cross he did not owe because we owed a debt we could not pay. So therefore, Christ gives us The freedom in him. Verse four says, so therefore now we receive the righteousness of God. You are we are justified. We are made right who were wrong because of what Christ did for us on the cross. The finished work of Christ on the cross and the resurrection of Christ has freed us and allows us to walk in his spirit. And therefore, we try not to fulfill the lusts of the flesh because we are fighting against that fact of life. It's, can't, get, can't get around it. We're born in sin, shape, and iniquity. But Christ gives us that power to overcome because when he was resurrected from the grave, he overcame. He said, in this world, you shall have trials and tribulations, but be of good cheer John chapter 16, verse 33, be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And as believers through Christ, he allows us to be overcomers. And we may lose a battle. We're not going to lose the war because we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. And as I move to my conclusion, I'm not going to keep you too long. I've got 13 more minutes. Don't cut it down. I love the fly. I just, I'm just, I love to fly. For COVID, I'll fly anywhere. 
I flew to Iceland, I flew to Egypt, flew to Israel. I don't mind, 16 hours, 20 hours, doesn't matter. I love flying. Get in there, relax, get a book, go to sleep, take some NyQuil, I wake up, I'm there, okay. <laughs> but flying is very interesting because of a plane, thousands of pounds, loaded with people and luggage, but yet that machine leaves the, the land and takes flight. How does that happen? Well, when it's on the ground, the law of gravity keeps it on the ground. But when the engine starts and it goes down the runway, the faster it goes, then the air pressure forces the wings down and another air pressure forces the plane up. It's called Newton's law, third law of motion. And so therefore, one law, gravity, diminishes. Another law, aerodynamics, allows the plane to take off. One law dies. Another law is born. Christian life is just like that. As we are running this race, as we are picking up speed by praying, by Bible study, by going to our connectivity fellowships on Tuesdays and Thursdays and Mondays, we are picking up speed. We are living within the law of Christ and we are, we are, we are taking, getting ready to take flight. Isaiah put it this way, Isaiah chapter 40 verse 31. He says, they that wait upon the Lord. Now, most of us do not like to wait. I don't like to wait. But waiting is important because God operates in time. I mean, we operate in time. God operates in eternity. So we, we, are, we are creatures of time. We hate to wait. But God sees things down the road five years from now, ten years from now. And we have to wait because this, Isaiah says, they that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. So as we are waiting, we're getting stronger. Our spirit's getting stronger. God is putting us in a cocoon and we're gaining strength while we're waiting. And God is renewing our strength as we wait patiently. And then it says, they shall mount up with wings as eagles. That's aviation. That's the law of Christ taking over. That's the flight that takes place when we are patient and waiting. And so the law of sin and death is dying and the law of the life of Christ is taking off. And now we're flying because we are flying in Christ. So therefore, we are made righteous in Christ because we are walking in his spirit and by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. So the question is, which law are you basing your life on? Are you trying to base your life on the law of Moses, the moral law? You're going to fail. It is right, but there's no might. Are you basing your life on the law of sin and death? You're going to flunk. Because we just go from one pleasure to another, from one activity to another, and sooner or later we find ourselves not walking in the God's spirit. But if you base your life on the law of the spirit of life in Christ, 
That's when Christ walks with us. We walk with him. Eternity becomes our home because we are walking in his spirit. We're not fulfilling the lust of the flesh. So that's the good news. You're free. And because we have been justified by faith, and now we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. All right. I'm done.